Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week we are sitting down with Andrew Zek. Uh, Andrew is an entrepreneur, CTO of a tech company called Saucy, or an app called Saucy. Um, he lives in Los Angeles, and most importantly for this conversation, he's started to explore, or he has been exploring endurance sports so he's done a handful of marathons done a half iron man um and now he's stepping up to what still to me is like a very intimidating event uh the iron man triathlon um and he's kind of in the midst of his training now and honestly i i knew zek in high school uh he was a year younger than me we'll talk about that a little bit at the beginning um And honestly, I just wanted to reconnect because it's super cool. Like when you find these people who are taking on these giant challenges, um, I want to sit down. I want to like hear about their mindset. You know, I want to like bounce ideas off of each other. And that's what I feel like we do in this episode. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, Feel free to go back and check out all of our episodes. This is going to be number 140, which is kind of blowing my mind um, that, I've t- that we've done 140 of these shows. Um, but yeah, let's just jump right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 140 with just an awesome dude, Andrew Zek. Cool. Um, all right, man, Zach. So I brought you on the podcast. So Andrew Zach's here today. Uh, just a little background. Zach was a year younger than me uh, in high school and we we're on the football team together. And so I was actually talking about you yesterday with uh, Brady Manriquez. Oh, uh, Brady. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. He told me you guys were like childhood, like next door neighbors. We were best buds. We were best buds. Yeah. Yeah, probably and like so, age like four and five, maybe that was. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So his description of you was Andrew Zek had the most Ghostbuster toys. <laughs> That's true. That's a hundred percent true. And my mom still has them. Like it's still my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. It's a great movie. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. and and so then I was like, whoa, that's interesting because my first impression of Zek was. I mean, I'm sure I, I, you know, saw you beforehand, but like senior year of football, you show up and we're in linebacker drills together. And mm-hmm. there's that moment in football where it's the first day you put on pads and you're going to tackle yep. each other. And mm-hmm. I just remember seeing you go in and tackle someone. And I was like, this guy does not feel pain. <laughs> I <laughs> totally I like, do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, is I that an accurate got- description? No, I, I think it was the, for, did you guys, you guys had coach Stauser, right? Yeah. As your head coach as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, I get the nickname silent assassin from him. I'm not sure why, but it was just cause like I tried to hurt people like, <laughs> and then I would just get up and not say anything. Like I never talked any shit. I would just hit people really hard and then just walk away. And then I, pl- I started, I started linebacker in my senior year. And then I also started left guard. So I was like the lightest weight left guard, I think, in the division. I was like 160 pounds, but I still like kind of held my own. Yeah. 
That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, as a fellow lightweight lineman, um, you have to work like triple as hard as everyone else. But, yeah, you, you just have to move fast. Yeah. Yeah. Was that okay? Yeah. So is that your personality? I mean, kind of like I'm curious to go on a journey of like kid with all the Ghostbuster toys to assassin <laughs> in football to yeah. training for an Ironman. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between all those things, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, I mean, obviously really enjoyed, uh, competitive sports in high school. I just really enjoyed, you know, kind of pushing myself and I felt like, you know, football, obviously one of the most challenging ones you can do. Uh, I got into rugby a little bit after that and played rugby with a men's club in college. Cause our, I went to a very non-traditional college in Florida called full sale university. Um, and it was essentially, uh, an entertainment media school. I did the game development program, which is very heavy. It's like a very focused computer science degree, but just for game development. So that's what I had always wanted to do was build video games. And that was the first internship that I got out. And that's how, that's how I got from Iowa to Florida and then moved out to Los Angeles when I was just had turned 21 after I graduated. And I started interning at a really small startup that did games for iPhone. Um, And that was like, my start into my mobile development career because we actually started doing some of the very first games for uh, iPhone when it came out. That's 2008, which makes me sound kind of old now, but um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's how, how my career got started. Um, and all, in between all those events, you know, I had never really done any type of endurance before you know, my college years. I had a bike. Uh, I, had, I actually won that bike at the Muscatine High School prom, and I took it to Florida with me. <laughs> no and way. I conti- yeah, and I continued to ride in Florida, and I, that's kind of started to be one of my pastimes. But I never did anything with it. I never, I never even ran like a five k um, when I was in college. It didn't really start until I moved out to California. Um, that's when I started doing a little bit more adventure sports um, and really get into to cycling a lot. So. Um, fast forward 10 years, uh, now, you know, I'm training for my first Ironman event. I've got a uh, half Ironman under my belt. I did in 2018, uh, end of 2018, December. And I placed in the top 25th percentile on that one. No way, man. That so, I, <laughs> so like all of a sudden I started to get like really, really, you know, good at, at cycling. Um, cause that's obviously, you know, in a triathlon, that's where you spend the most of your time on the bike. Um, swimming, I kind of just kind of had to teach myself in the last couple of years. I was still, still not a huge fan of it. Um, but, uh, after I did that half, you know, I was kind of spent, but I, I realized that, you know, it's, I, I could fully do an Ironman. I just need to put the time in. And I'd always been, um, really, uh, uh, I guess, ner- like nervous about, can I, can I, you know, get the time to do it, which is, you know, as you know, training for ultras, you know, that's, it's just the time it's, it's really, yeah. do I have the time and can, how can I structure and schedule my day to, I, so I can get the workouts I need in to be prepared. Um, and especially right now, you know, I have my own business. I'm a, I'm a, a co-founder in a company called saucy out here in LA and we do on-demand alcohol delivery, which is, which is very fun, but very antithetical to, uh, endurance or sports or even health in general, because <laughs> we help people be lazy and drink more, uh, <laughs> rather than get outside and, and do, you know, fun stuff. Uh, but that, that 
for me has been uh, honestly in its own endurance uh, sport just because you know, having your own business, I obviously have two other co-founders, two other partners, and I'm the CTO there, the chief technology officer. Um, so my main role is all technology. Uh, obviously, you know, I was the only engineer from day one. So I, I programmed, you know, a lot of our front end clients and, our, and the majority of our back end. Um, now I've got four other engineers under me. We have about 26 full-time employees, uh, almost 34 if you count some of our hourly dispatch and customer service people. Um, and we've raised about $10 million over the last uh, four and a half years. So <laughs> it's really a busy life, man, to yeah. in Ironman training, you know, dude, it, it is, uh, you know, I think one, you have to be, there's, you have to be a little bit insane to start your own company. Just, you do like, there's no, no one goes into it being like, you know what? I can work nine to five and have my own business. <laughs> and that sounds like great. If, if you go into it thinking that you're going to have a normal life, like you're, you're in for a big, a big like surprise. <laughs> well, that's it's- what I've noticed with, with uh, the people in my life who I know run their own company. There mm-hmm. is a special mindset it takes to do that because you're constantly thinking about it. Like you, you can't put it off because if you're the one in charge, like nothing, like there's going to be no forward momentum without your input. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's, there's one piece of that, you know, to just running your own company, but running a company that's always on, on yeah. demand, uh, where there's actual live deliveries happening all the way up until usually our, our cutoff time is about 2 a.m. On the, on the West Coast. Um, but, you know, if one of our servers go down or if we have like any technical problem, um, sometimes I'm actually just the first line of defense just because, you know, I'll get the alert first. If I can delegate it to one of my team members, I will. But, you know, for the majority of the time, if something goes wrong, like it's on me to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> like so during I, your training, have you, ever, yeah. have you had to stop and then, like, <laughs> wherever you are, like I'm imagining you on like the side of a highway. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I have had to do that. Not, not once, but probably double digit amounts of times, you know, in the last <laughs> couple of years. And when I first, you know, started and it was, it was just me. Uh, I would, I really kind of plan my rides and, and tell my, my business partners, Hey guys, I'm, I'm going to be out. I try to get out of the way early in the morning. Cause that's, you know, oh, yeah. usually there's no one ordering alcohol and we don't even open until 10 AM. So I feel yeah. like if, if something terrible happens before 10 AM, it's not really going to affect us in like a detrimental like way in terms of revenue. So <laughs> I, I like, that's how I tell myself it's okay. That like, you know, if the system crashes before 10 AM, at least I'll be back by then and to fix it. And yeah. there's, you know, it's not really going to disrupt business, but uh, it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot. Um, I, I've been able to be more flexible with my time, which is I think one of the reasons why I'm, I'm able to do it now. But at the end of the day, you know, the average day, 12 hours can be a 14 hour day. That's crazy. So it's either how early can I get up or how late do I want to run bike you know i just got an indoor trainer this year which has been immensely helpful just because that takes kind of um uh, a lot of the time off of biking in la traffic which is the topic we could talk about for another (laughs) another couple hours um which is it's not safe it's not a bike friendly i want to hear all those stories yeah (laughs) and and uh so that that in itself is just you know i've had plenty of I actually a lot of past midnight runs. 
So it sounds kind of weird, but it's actually like I feel safer past midnight uh, running out here just because there's less traffic and there's also less people. There's a little bit more uh, time to get in your own headspace when, you know, you don't see bumper to bumper traffic and it actually kind of looks like a, a, a quote unquote normal city when the, yeah. when the traffic has died down. Um, so it's weird. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't ever, I don't claim to have like a good sleep cycle. I just, I know I just don't. Uh, it's just kind of like when can I fit stuff in and then sleep just comes afterwards. So <laughs> that's been another challenge for me, you know, just like getting enough sleep. Cause a lot of times I'm just running on pure caffeine and, and Dude, that's part of endurance racing though, man. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just training yourself for future events that you don't even know are on the table. That that's what, like, I think that's the funny thing about the, where the crossover lies is that, you know, if you can, if you can do a, a, like a, a marathon or a half Ironman, you can just work for a while and be like, this is okay. You know, like I just have like the mental like toughness to, you know, like, I don't, I don't need to take a break. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, got to take a break every hour and, you know, walk around outside and whether it's healthy or not healthy, you know, I can look at a, com- a computer screen for 12 hours straight and I can be like, oh, my eyes are hurt. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. So I did want to yeah. ask, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like it seems, cause I've met a whole bunch of endurance athletes who kind of do computer programming things like that where they're or just people who are sitting at a desk like 24 7 and it almost seems kind of counterintuitive of like hey like i'm gonna sit at the desk all day yeah and and then you don't you don't imagine people who sit at the desk all day being like okay now i'm gonna go out and run for like four hours see you yeah no it's it's weird i think that if i didn't do that then i would go insane right like if i didn't have this extreme pressure valve that that that's such a release for me then i and then i would be like a a super unhealthy person um like my wife will even she knows if i haven't like ridden in like a couple days and like i start to get a little sassy and like (laughs) like i can you know become a little bit of a dick you know what i (laughs) and she knows she's like oh you haven't ridden in a couple days i'm like "Yeah, yeah yeah and Lately, you know, I've, I, the latest in my, my world is I just, I'm recovering from Achilles tendonitis in my, my right leg. So uh, I actually had to miss the LA marathon for that. It's the first time I've ever not been able to race because of an injury. And it was literally because of overtraining. Um, yeah. I was just overtraining. I wasn't stretching enough. And I was, I was training extremely hard because I wanted to beat my time last year. I've done the LA marathon five times now. And, uh, last year I, I, I ran it in three nineteen, So I was really trying to go for a sub three ten time. And I was there, like I was, I was comfortable running just around seven minute miles, uh, for, for over a half marathon. And I could, I could do, I could sustain that pace. So I was like, I, I know I can do this. So I was like running about 40 miles a week, but on top of that, I was biking 120. And mm-hmm. so I was just, I, I, I my body like wasn't ready for that stair step of abuse without like, you know, real, like I, I didn't, I was, I, I stretched, like I kind of do like this little yoga style, like cool down routine. And I, I see you've been doing a ton of yoga too. And I know that's, it, it's kind of crazy helps, how, man. how helpful it is as for like flex, like running is a lot of flexibility. And you know, if you don't, if you're not flexible or if you have tight muscles and you continue to run on tight muscles frequently, that's how you injure yourself. And yeah, unfortunately I just, you know, 
I was, I was too obsessed with like my, my mile count on Strava. I was like, I got to keep going. Like I got to keep pushing. I and think I just, we've all been there. Like yeah, there's, yeah. I, 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 for me over Thanksgiving break, I was like, Oh, I have a week off. Oh, cool. I'm just going to ramp up my miles by like, like double them. And then mm-hmm. dumb, dumb me like wakes up the next day and I came and walk and I was like, well, yep. well that was stupid. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think once you get that bug and you're like, Oh man, all this time I've got, I can just go on like this, these massive rides with these massive runs and you do that for a couple of days and then, then you can't. <laughs> I always uh, call it like my, it's my meathead mentality, which I definitely mm-hmm. have. It's in there, mm-hmm. you know, and it comes out. That must football, dude. Dude, that's right. That's that right. Knuckle, knuckle dragger university. It's David all about Dyer. the metabolic right. circuit. Yeah. <laughs> you remember yeah, that? Dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So the stretching thing though, I don't know for me, when I since I go a lot slower than what it sounds like you were doing and so my like yeah but you also run like terrain and, and trails and stuff so yeah and that's and it but it makes my stride shorter and so mm-hmm. if I don't stretch out my hips um all of a sudden now my like range of motion is like crazy small like it needs to yeah. be way more and then and then meathead mentality I try to like sprint the next day uh-huh and then I'm like what just happened but Dude, I've been there though. Achilles tendonitis. Like, how's it feeling now? It's good now. I actually, I've gone like overboard. I went to like, I couldn't put weight in it for about a week. And I knew at that point, like I should probably see a doctor. And so I went to the doctor. He's like, yeah, you, uh, you got tendonitis pretty bad. Like my right leg was pretty inflamed. You could tell it was about twice as swollen as the other leg. Um, so they put me in PT. Uh, I started doing laser therapy, which is like a really LA thing to do, but it's honestly helped Ooh, a lot. <laughs> that actually was on my uh, notes of things I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. But go on, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and so the combination of that for the last last four weeks and then really just not running, uh, I've only been swimming. So swimming and then this weekend, I actually just got to get back outside on the bike and without any pain. And, and now I'm I'm going to be able to hopefully start running next week yeah so, what's your what's your whole yeah. swimming routine right now uh every every saturday morning i do an open water swim with a group at 8 30 just to continually uh, you know expose myself to the ocean and, and feel comfortable swimming in the ocean because that's that's honestly been my biggest fear as a triathlete uh, you know growing up in iowa there's there are no oceans. <laughs> There's no sharks a, either. Yeah, you don't you don't learn how to like dive underneath the wave. You don't under, you yeah. don't learn like someone has to teach you really how to how to be comfortable getting out past the break and and it's it's a scary thing, especially if you have no clue what you're doing. Um, so that was kind of like my biggest, I guess, mental blocker for um, doing triathlons. There's one out here that they do every year in Malibu that that's the one I've done also for the past four years now. Um, and, uh, like last year, for example, it was, uh, really bad conditions. Uh, in September they had about eight to nine foot crests like waves. So it was, you know, taller than you. And I I was like, I don't know if I, I just saw them and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I, I, push myself through it. And then later I learned that after they sent out the first, I was in the first wave. And after they sent out the first wave, they're, they're like, if you are not comfortable swimming in the ocean, you, you cannot go out here. So they started wow. stopping people from going out. And I remember once I got out past the break, I was like, okay, I'm like, we can swim past the buoys. But then once we're going back in, that's also like really tough. Cause you, 
you have to continue to be looking behind you to see where the waves are coming from. And I got tumbled twice. I took a mouthful of water and I saw a lifeguard buoy because they had 20 lifeguards out just pulling people back in. Like that's how like intense that race got. And I had to just grab one of those buoys and they kind of got dragged in for a little bit. But, uh, that, that like, you know, it was scary, but then it also gave me that next level of confidence to be like, well, I survived that. So if I just keep pushing myself into where I'm uncomfortable, which is ocean swims, then I'll only get better. So that's kind of like the mentality that I used to hopefully attack that. So Sorry, I kind of went off a tangent. No, man, there. I think that's the mentality <laughs> yeah. for endurance because yeah. we were just talking about like you do stair stepper up where you're like, I didn't think this was possible. And then mm-hmm. you do something, you're like, oh my God, that was possible. What else is possible? And right. But it, sometimes it's forced upon you like that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you don't have a choice in, in, in it. So uh, it, it's like, that's just the way of way of endurance. But those are also kind of like, you know, what what dr- drives people and 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 draws people to the sport is is that you do get some of those i don't want to say close calls on a frequent basis but like points where like normal people wouldn't put themselves voluntarily into those types of situations yeah and then after you come out on the other side you're like okay i'm kind of yeah. a badass yeah. exactly. <laughs> why sometimes if it's a downpour or it's snowing I'm like, I got to get out there because you never know. Like, I'm like, I don't know if race day is going to be like freaking just downpouring on me and freezing cold. So I'm like, well, I got to do this. You know, I might as well do it now <laughs> to, to yeah. make sure I can do it. So yeah, if, if you can do it when it's hard, you know, you can do it when you have great conditions, right? Yeah. You'll know, just have an, have an even better race then. So did you, is that, I mean, I have to assume that's an obvious connection to being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I think one, one thing that maybe, maybe I should, sorry if I'm like jumping all over the place, but like you can jump wherever you want. Man. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> one part of the, the origin story into kind of starting my own business and, and getting really into cycling out here was uh, in 2012, you know, I was biking, I was commuting to work every day, uh, which was tw- 10 miles each way which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're going through LA traffic and, and you're, you're weaving in and out of cars, like it can get a little dicey. Um, but luckily I, if you know, the area I was in Hollywood, Beachwood Hills area. And then I would commute all the way down to the coast. And there was a nice bike path about five miles. That was just not, there's off that it was an actual bike path, which yeah. there are like two in like yeah. the whole, the was whole city, really? like two. Yeah, I mean, there's there's this one called Bologna Creek that goes along what's called the LA River, which is essentially just a spillway that spills out into the marina. And then there's another one that's further in the Inland Empire that's, again, along a spillway. And then there's, there's I guess there's three. There's there's one more that's up on the north side on the LA River. Uh, and, and there's very few literal protected bike paths in the Dude, city. Why? There's bike lanes. And they just started painting some of those like now, but like in reality, there is a, it's a very unfriendly bike city. And and if you go to other California cities like San Diego or San Francisco, you're like, how, like, it's just, I think the, the, the reason why is that LA was a city that was built for cars. You know, it's the first freeway in America. It was built here. Um, The traffic is obviously insane. and, And they just, the, the city planning just caters to the amount of vehicles that are on the road rather than like trying to actually solve the problem, which would be, you know, in my mind, more bikes, 
like yeah. more bikes, less cars on the road. Yeah. So, but they're doing, they're, they're, they're actually making some, some good changes in the past couple of years. So, you know, wow, man. yeah, we'll see. Have you had any close calls with cars? Yeah, I've been hit twice. Uh, I've, uh, the worst one, I, I flew over the top of a car. I broke, I fractured my left arm and bruised my ribs and kind of had a minor concussion. That was the worst one that put me out for a little bit. Um, and knock on, knock on wood, it yeah. hasn't, hasn't really What do you do when you so. get up from that and the guy or lady is in the car? I mean that in that situation, it was, it was a really, it was a no win situation. It was basically there's bumper to bumper traffic. I'm totally in my right, you know, going along the right side of the cars, but then there's also parked cars to my right. Oh, okay. so there's a large truck in front that's allowing a car to make a left because traffic is stopped. That guy is not looking for a little cyclist coming in this narrow pathway. So I'm literally boxed in and then I'm just over. So not technically, you know, I don't think something he could have avoided, but it, you know, in that situation, I was just kind of a little in shock. So I didn't yell, but most of the time I, I really am very vocally abusive to uh, m- most, most motorists just because yeah. for the majority of the time, not using your turn signal, not checking behind you, not giving a damn who else is out on the road is just the LA driving mentality. So as a cyclist, you have to be so defensive. You don't have a, you don't have a car horn. So you'd, all you have is your voice. And I, that's, you know, I'll just scream at people usually obscenities. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. If they, if they cut me off and I can get around, I'll, I'll, you know, slap their mirror back. I'll slap their car. You know, I, I get, I get pretty ornery just cause you know how they do yeah. like in the NFL, they like mic people up. <laughs> you mic'd up on your, on your mic right? uh, that was pretty bad. Cause one time I was running late for a work meeting. So I dialed in and I'm on my headphones and uh, you know, we're in a meeting. I thought I had myself muted and I, I was screaming obscenities and I guess everyone was just losing it because they could hear me screaming at people, you know, while I'm coming into work. So That's you know, I've, I've done it. And yeah, I, I have like, a, I used to take GoPro videos, but yeah. after a while I just got tired of putting it on top of my helmet and I was just like, yeah, it's just too much work, but I might go back to it now since I'm, I'm writing again more. And that would be always, wildly entertaining. Yeah. I think. yeah. Um, but also like, I've never got this dude. You can't turn it. Yeah. Turn on like it literally takes this motion like your hand moves like two inches my i'd even do it when i'm like coming out of my driveway just because it's like yeah <laughs> it's just such like a secondhand nature to me but out here you know that this is a new piece of technology that's not on all the cars i guess and people <laughs> just haven't you know gone through any type of you know situation where they needed to know where really? someone was, which way you're going, you know, it's, it's just, it blows my mind every single day. And I've, that's always been like the biggest pet peeve of mine driving. Oh, it's either, don't come out, don't come out here. You'll, no, you'll I know, be an angry man. person all the time, all the time. Well, I do. I went out to LA once, um, to visit our friend, Travis stuff. All right. Mom. Yeah. And it was a while ago, man. It was, he's had multiple, like, forays into LA. Where he's yeah. There. Yeah. I've, I've crossed paths with him just a couple times. And, and honestly, what was really crazy is that he was when I saw his name come across very early on in saucy days. Cause I would, I would see all the orders come through and I was like, Travis Stefan. And I started creeping. I was like, is that, then I clicked his, like there was a link cause he signed up for Facebook and I was like, Oh, that's, that's the real Travis Stefan. I was like, no way. And then I messaged him cause I'm like, dude, Hey, thanks for the order. And he's that's like, oh, awesome. No problem. You should have delivered that one, man. 
Like, I, I should have. <laughs> I was, and, and that's like another crazy thing is that, um, you know, when we first started, uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of backstory on that, like I was, uh, I had quit my job because I was so obsessed with this idea. My, my business partner, Chris, who's our CEO, and then uh, one of my, my coworkers, Dan, who was in on the project, we started, we basically, he came up with the idea and he pitched it to us. And like, it was so exciting to me that I just started prototyping nights and weekends. Um, so I started building it while I was at my last company. Um, and it just became such an obsession that uh, I was like, I think that we can do this like for real. So the only way to make it work is like, if I can devote all of my time on yeah. to it. So I, you know, I, I built up a little bit of savings and I was just like, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit my job and work on this. And, and, uh, that was kind of like a, a tough decision to, to make. Cause like you, you, you know, you leave the security of your health insurance and will I get another job soon if this doesn't work? Uh, but I, I did that and, and I was, you know, so passionate about it, you know, that I was, I was programming our iOS application all day. And then when our beta program started, because we were limited hours, we were just, you know, this tiny little three man team, we were doing deliveries at night. So I would just program all day and then drive all night. So I literally was like the first saucy driver and I was just doing all of the deliveries at night. And I would literally just, that was just the cycle of program all day, drive all night. And that helped me like, you know, iron out a lot of the kinks and the bugs that we had with like the driver application and, and, and iron out like, you know, anything that I saw from in real time with like our retailer network. And, um, that's, that's how it started. So like when you think of like startup in, in every sense of the word, it was, no money. I'm living off my savings. I don't have capital put in this business and I'm doing it. I'm doing everything. So like we had, that was like our mentality. And I think that's why we've been able to survive as long as we have in this space. Cause it, it's, it is a brutal, brutal space. The on-demand space, you know, we've seen friends, companies, we've seen other LA companies raise way more money than us and just totally crash and burn. So like that, I think that, that like just, you know, that, that like meathead mentality of there like, go, I'm man. just going to, I'm just going to do this and, and not let anything get in my way and, and stop me from doing it was, was where a lot of the, the drive and passion came from, um, you know, early on. So what gave you yeah. like, what gave you, I want to, I want to say like the bravery to quit your job because most people wouldn't actually take that step. Um, I, it, it sounds like cliche to well, maybe not cliche, but for me, um, it was actually a combination of, you know, I'd say all the other events that had happened up in my life. But the previous year, I had taken a week of work off to bike from LA to San Francisco by myself. And uh, it, was, it was kind of like a little turbulent period of my life where I had gone through a recent breakup and I was like a little irrational. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes that's where we get like, you know, a little bit of inspiration too. And, um, I just wanted to do this trip because I was like starting to get into cycling. I had this little shitty hybrid bike that I got these panniers for. All I had was kind of like a general outline of where I wanted to go each day and how far I wanted to go. I didn't really train up for it. I had about like the longest ride I had under my belt was like 70 miles. Um, but I just did it and it was really scary. Cause like I was by myself, I had a, like a phone, but like that was it. Uh, <laughs> and I just went day by day, uh, out on the road at the, the Pacific coast highway, which is honestly, I think one of the most scenic parts of America. Um, 
And the best way to experience it, you know, is like 15 miles an hour on a bike every day, just like taking it all in. So I did that trip by myself. I had my backpack, I had my, my tent and all my, all my gear set up being this really cool thing in California called hike and bike where every single state park uh, in the state allows, if, if you walk in or bike in, it's just a $5 fee and they'll guarantee you a campsite no matter what. That's awesome. So you can just literally come in at the middle of the night and just camp up and they're Still not going to give you any hat. Yeah. <laughs> so like, they'll just be like, yeah, just go over there. You're, you're good. Um, so that's how I did it. And, and, um, usually it takes people seven days if they're going at a decent clip and I did it in six. Um, and that's about a 545 mile total trip with around 20,000 elevation going yeah. up and down and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I, it totally kicked my ass. Like I was, I, 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 I ripped up both my Achilles because it was the first time I'd, I'd uh, biked with cleats where you clip in. Oh yeah. Um, Cause everyone's like, Oh, you need, you need clips. And I was like, Oh cool. I'll get clips. And I just tried them the first day of, of the bike of the, the my journey. The you thing know? everyone tells you you should do. Yeah. <laughs> Try something new the first day you're doing something you've never yeah. done. Yeah. So, I mean like, again, like not the smartest move in the world. Um, but you know, I kind of got to rediscover myself in, in that trip and, and kind of gave me a different sense of, you know, confidence and, you know, honestly, just like, it, it was a big personal accomplishment for me. It's yeah. something that like, I don't know if I can do this, but I just want to try. Um, and kind of after that, you know, I started being like doubting myself a lot less about different things. And that really kind of developed my love for cycling. Like after I got back, I immediately got like a nice road bike. I was like, this is awesome. Like I want to do this like much more frequently. And I would say that, you know, it was about nine months after that was when I quit. And I, I was, I was kind of like already at the point where I'd been there for four years and I was really not, not too happy with some of the technical leadership there. And, and I think there was all these, these things that were just combined to where I was just, I was fed up there and, and I, and I knew I could do this. And I was just like, why, why not? Like, like I'm young, like I don't have a family at the time, you know, I was single and, and, uh, there was just no, there was obviously reasons not to, but, um, it, it just seems so much more exciting to me to, to yeah. do that. So once I did that, I, they talk about this, this honeymoon period that you have <laughs> when you first start a company. And I was totally like in love. I was like, I can bike in the morning and I have to be in on a certain time. So I would just like bike in the morning. I'd work till like whenever I wanted to. And I just was just on my own schedule for like these first couple months. And I was like, this is, this is what, it, this is what life's supposed to be like. And then you get your first investment where there's, you're actually dealing with real money and then you have to hire people. And then you're like, Oh shit. Like, uh, like this isn't what I signed up for. Like I, I just wanted to have fun. Like I just thought this was going to be fun. Uh, and then it, be, it takes on a life of its own and you have to kind of like keep it alive. And then, yeah. then you're like, why did I do this? Like, this is, this is stupid. <laughs> but uh, I think part but, of it, yeah, here, here we are. Yeah. I think part of it might be like redefining it. Like, okay, this is, this can still be fun just in kind of a different way, but I have no idea, dude. I'm a seventh grade yeah. science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> also congratulations to that that's such a that's such a like lost art and noble profession that i feel like is just so under under uh appreciated in our society and, and now it, like it's just i can't i can't uh give you enough props for taking that career path and that career choice dude i you know, i honestly just, yeah. would not do anything else like i can truly say that i'm like awesome. dude this is what i really i enjoy doing it and tomorrow's actually my first day back 
Um, cause I took oh, cool. five weeks off after we had the baby. Paternity so, leave. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I'm welcome a back. Nervous. Welcome back to the real world. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all I would do, I would go in and I I do a touch rugby club once a week. So I'd go okay. a week on Thursdays and do touch rugby. Nice. And I'm like, I'm cheating. Okay. I'm doing the fun stuff. Right <laughs> but dude, your no, story about, that's awesome. your story about biking from LA to San Francisco. I mean, Honestly, like that's why I, I started the podcast because I want to share stories of adventure like that because I do mm-hmm. truly think they can be, if not life-changing, like they can be huge self-confidence boosters for people. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, life-changing, but like, I think more of it is like you, you change your mental space, right? Like yeah. if you changed your, your mentality and your outlook after doing something like that, it sticks with you forever. Like you, you're like, I was, i went through this and I did this and now I can do these other things. And I think that sometimes all people need is that little push into the unknown where it seems scary and, and you know, you can fail and that's a hundred percent a reality to, to fail. But like, you can also learn like some of the same lessons. Like I feel like if anyone's ever like done something that was uncomfortable to them or pushed themselves, you know, a little bit further and they, they didn't get the outcome they wanted. It doesn't, it, it, very few people like shrink back from that experience and say, no, I'm, I'm never going to try that again. You know, a lot of times it's like, no, I want to do that again. Cause I want to, I want to succeed. And, uh, um, I think this also when people get stuck when they're like, you know, I have this, this, you know, barrier in my life or this decision I have to make and it might be uncomfortable. And if they always choose the, the comfortable path, like, there, there's no growth that happens there, right? There's, there's no change that's happening. And that's how you kind of get like stuck. Yeah. When I think adventures, yeah. like the one you talked about, or even signing up for something you're uncomfortable with, like it's intentionally, it's like you intentionally being like, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable for a second. Um, and it's a good thing. And you have to like, it's, yeah. it's sometimes it sucks. Cause you're like, dude, I went to a, a Muay Thai class when I was in Des Moines. And I've never done anything like that at all. And I remember mm-hmm. day one, I'm like, whoa, like I feel clunky, yeah. awkward. And, you know, like it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, no, I look stupid. But at the, at, when I got home from it, I was like, I had the time of my life. Like I could not wipe the smile off my face. It was so awesome. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah, so I that's the whole reason. Experience. Like, I mean, dude, I hope people can take that message away from any of these, like, I love these stories, you know? No. And, and again, like I'm super happy to be on here. I, I got a chance to finally listen to I've been meaning to you for a while and this week and I was on a ride. I got a chance to listen to some of the other episodes like we did with Phil Pinty and, and some oh, of those yeah. other guys just have these He's amazing so stories. <laughs> yeah. That just like, um, you know, there, there's something, there is something special about people that, that do, that do ultra it, like, not like we're better than anyone else or that we're, we're different. It's just like you have, there, there's some, there's like something in your brain that just works like, like it's just different, right? Like you, there's just like, yeah. Yeah. You've like worked <laughs> this mental muscle kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you realize these, these lessons. And I always think like, yeah, I don't remember the lessons. Like it, it fades over time. Like I'll leave a race and I'll be like, dude, Oh my God. Like, I've mm-hmm. solved my own problems here. And then a week later, it'll start fading already. And then I'm like, okay. But I remembered that I learned those lessons and I'm like, I got to get back at it. <laughs> I guess. That yeah. Makes 
Yeah. And I think for me, like, you know, it's again, like I, I have a, like my, my, my wife who I met, you know, running, building saucy, she actually was our, our original, uh, 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 we contracted her PR company to do public relations for saucy. And, uh, you know, I had this huge crush in her and all my friends are like, that's, that's the worst idea you could ever have is to try to hook up with your, your public, your publicist. And, uh, <laughs> I did, uh, but then, you know, now we're married. So it kind of all worked out in the end. And, uh, that's so like, you know, I've had like all these crazy experiences doing saucy, you know, like, uh, early on we try to do as many like fun press worthy events. Uh, one of my favorite ones was, was we did this, uh, collaboration with a company called me undies which is this very popular underwear brand in la for both men and women and uh what the what the stunt was is that you you would get this what's called a sleepover pack that had like wine or underwear or whiskey and like men's underwear but then one of their underwear models would deliver it so i got to go ride around with underwear models and do deliveries (laughs) and that was like one of the most fun times you know i've had at saucy because you know, I got to take pictures of them and they're, yeah. <laughs> it was good. So like, you know, we've done all this crazy shit. Like we, we had, you know, Channing Tatum, we launched his vodka brand and got to meet him and he did deliveries for Saucy just to surprise customers who oh, ordered awesome, his, his vodka. So, you know, like there's all, there's all these like really cool fun activations that we've done that kind of makes like the, 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 like the slog worth it. You know, you have like these moments of like, Oh, this is, but that's, that's honestly what, what running a business is, is these very high, high peaks followed by just insanely low. <laughs> like yeah. I just feel, you know, it's, it's just the ups and downs. And the thing that's tough too is, you know, my wife has her own business. So we're both business owners, both with variable incomes that sometimes are there and sometimes are not there. And it's great when one person is on a high, but it's really tough when both people are on a low. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's like a different also kind of like stress that, you know, if I didn't have something like cycling as an outlet, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I deal with some of it some days. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's cause you know, dude, teaching's the same way, man. You get those peaks. And then most of the time though, you're like regular routine kind of deal. Yeah. And, but I think for me doing, like having this whole other side of me where I go out and run in the mountains and stuff, it teaches me to enjoy those moments that aren't necessarily the peaks. Cause dude, you're, you're going to do this Ironman and like, you're mm-hmm. going to feel amazing at the end. Like yep. you'll finish and you're like, this is the best for like a couple of days probably. And then you go mm-hmm. back to kind of regular routine. And if you don't enjoy regular routine, man, like that's the part that you gotta, you gotta figure out. Yeah. I mean, even just like this last, uh, this last half that I did this last half Ironman, it was on a Sunday and, uh, you know, got up at 4am, got to the race. It was, uh, for, for the desert, it was cold. It was, it was about, uh, 48 degrees uh, when the race started. So the water, the water temp was like 53, 54, which is like cold, <laughs> like really cold. Super cold. Like your feet turn blue after a little bit. And it was like, I had a really good race and I kind of like totally beat my body up, but it's, it's about a two hour, two and a half hour drive out of LA. And then coming back in, we're hitting all the Sunday night traffic, totally exhausted, come back in, it's 1030 and I've got work the next morning and I start to see that we have like some of our, our payroll system was going down because payroll for our couriers runs. Uh, it's this entire system that we've built um, just for saucy. And that was starting to go down. 
and I had to start jumping in and fixing it until like I literally fell asleep on my computer. I got up the next morning. I went into work. I just had this really rough Monday and like I probably wouldn't have made it if I didn't have that high off the last night, right? Like if I didn't do that, I would have been a terrible Monday. (laughs) So, you know, like there's just stuff that happens like that, that you just got to roll with the punches and, and, uh, you know, you got to do something besides like you can't make, if your business is your life and you can't separate yourself from it at all, which is again, still a challenge for me where I, I, I have so much of my personal identity invested. I have so much of my time invested that it is really difficult to say this is still technically a job. Um, and if you don't have anything outside of that world, you can put yourself like at extreme, like mental health risk. You yeah. Know? Like you can, yeah. you can be in, in, a, in some dark places if you don't have anything else. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. For yeah. Sure. Um, I did want to ask you about LA recovery. I just wrote LA recovery stuff. Which- yeah. Uh, cause dude, like, I don't know. I just get this view of LA where I'm like, they try a lot of different, different things and I don't know what works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> cryotherapy. I hear about that. Um, yep. and I can't remember what you mentioned. Laser therapy. Things Laser. Like that. What, what have you tried and what do you think might le- like possibly be legit? Um, well, uh, you know, just uh, only eat kale, uh, <laughs> only spend $20 on pressed juices, um, you know, go fully vegan and, uh, you know, don't wear anything that's plastic and then you'll be fine. Oh, sweet. That's, that's it. Yeah. No, that's uh, the I, I, <laughs> Dude, I live 20 minutes from Boulder, so yeah, I kind of yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it, it, I feel like it's just a, there's sometimes it's just a different level out here. Like for example, I live really close to this, this very expensive food, food market, but it's a grocery store. It's called Erewhon and uh, they sell hydrogen infused water, which I'm sure as, as a science teacher, you might be scratching your head a little bit. It was like, well, isn't there already a couple of hydrogen atoms in, inside of, of water? water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and it's in a bag and it's like $4. And no. it's it, it, so dude, just people out here like there's so many fads and so many stupid things that people do. But honestly, for for my recovery, it's really been run of the mill, physical therapy, yeah. stretching, and then they added this this thing called laser therapy, which is essentially like a ultrasound but with a laser that heats up like the muscle tissue and it's supposed to stimulate blood flow and like okay, and and I guess like a lot of professional athletes do it as well. It's just like it's like 120 bucks a treatment, so like you know, yeah. you do like six of those, like you're, you know, yeah. that's, and, and that's something that's like insurance won't cover. Cause it's just like a, this is a added booster type icing on the cake type thing, not yeah. like a real medical procedure, but that, that honestly has, has helped me get back a little bit faster. Cause usually they're like, yeah, this injury can take six to eight weeks to recover from, but I've been on that for about four weeks and I'm already back on the bike without any pain. And I'm, I'm starting this like slowly just test out running and hopefully we'll be back next week on it. Yeah. So did you have like a uh, knot on your Achilles? It was, yeah. And it was kind of like deeper, like kind of like okay. almost into my calf. And it was like, it was a little ball that was just swollen up. Yeah. Uh, that was even kind of like painful to poke on. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> Not fun. No, man. I've had it. I've had it too. And yeah. um, unlike you, like I just was really stupid about it. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, let's keep doing this. And I mean, dude, the problem is if you keep 
if you kept running on it, eventually would, now your knee hurts because you've like changed, you change your form without really thinking. And well, then all of a sudden your hip hurts and you're like, oh, like I'm totally messed this up. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, I was so disappointed uh, because this is, you know, every year at the LA Marathon, I beat my personal best. Like that's my goal. That's like my one like race where I'm like, I'm going to beat my PR every single year to get better. And this year I was like totally on track to do it. And I put in so much time on top of that, on top of like the biking. Um, and like, you know, I figured that like, you know, I can either do this marathon and wreck myself for months and then possibly not be able to compete in the Ironman, uh, or just take it easy and actually do the right thing. So my, my wife was, my wife was the real voice of reason. I I like to, (laughs) yeah, I'd like to say that I made that decision on my own, but she's just like, you're an idiot. You need to I was like, okay, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, good luck. When's the Ironman? The Ironman is September. It's uh, okay. September 21st, and it's in Italy. So no way, really? Yeah. So almost after, right after I did the the half Ironman in December, I was like, all right, I got to figure out. I got to sign up for one because the like, if you don't know, sometimes there's like a year waiting like yeah. list on just like to sign up for one. All the ones nearby me were already booked, already sold out. So I was like, okay, well, you know where were some other places and there was like some places up in New York and the time didn't look like it was going to fit out. Like I, there was too condensed of a training period where like, I was like, I can't train for an Ironman in like four months. Yeah. So at least give myself like nine months. And that was the one. So we're going to try to make a vacation out of it since we've never been overseas together. So we're just going to do that and then try to spend like a week or so over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hey man, yeah. I'd love to have you back on, uh, once you're done and you're for sure. Yeah, dude. Thanks for taking the time out. You know, I'm not like, yeah. a, not like a pro by any means, but it's definitely, I feel like there's maybe something someone can relate to from being like, you know, of this, course, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, Zach, thank you so much, man. We'll, uh, we'll get back to you a little bit for later. Sure. For Take sure. For sure. Dude. Yeah, and welcome back to school. Congratulations on, on your third child, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll stay in touch. You, you know, you can follow my stories on Instagram. They're pretty. Oh sweet. yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I've done like I did that. I did this like a couple weeks ago too. Yeah. yeah, man. Tell people like where can they find you? Where can they find your company? I'm a yeah. podcast host. My bad. Come on, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was going to get some type of plug off of doing this. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're saucy. It's on demand alcohol delivery, just saucy.com. And we're both in the Android play and in iOS app store. That's um, awesome. we're, we're live in, in six cities. We just opened Brooklyn, New York. We're going to be opening some, some more cities along the East coast this year. Um, and then my Instagram is do hacker handle, uh, D E W hacker, all one word. And I'm trying to get more followers than my wife. I only have 420 right now. She has 11,000. So if any, <laughs> if any of the listeners wants to give me a, a hand, it's, it's do hacker. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you do, you post a lot of like Instagram stories from your training, which I always like because it's just that common or like that constant, like inspiration for me where I'm like, Oh dude, he's out. He's out getting after it. Like maybe I don't feel up for training that day. And then I'm like, well, you know, Zach's doing it. Everyone's yeah. doing it. It's peer pressure. <laughs> I try to make mine like a little stupid just because I feel like everyone that does it is so like, look how many miles I did. I, this is my training. You're like, here's my plan. And mine's always like something dumb. So it's yeah. like, whatever. Dude, record yourself cussing at drivers. 
I I'll, I'll, I'll get you that, that YouTube video compilation for your next podcast. Oh, that'd be perfect, man. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'll link everything. I'll link everything on the bottom here for everybody. So dude, Super thank dope. you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. This is fun. Thank you. It was a good <laughs> talk. Yeah. All right. All right. Huge thanks to Zach for coming on the show, man. Like you don't even know it meant a lot to just sit down and catch up with you and have an excuse to have a really fun conversation for an hour or so. Um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you the best of luck at your Ironman. I'm really excited to hear about it. Uh, and hopefully at some point we can connect and go for a run or something like that. Um, whenever I do these, I kind of like look for like big ideas, like what's kind of the big idea that the guest is sharing and, or, you know, I mean, a lot of these honestly have a lot of different ideas that we go into. Um, and to me, the big idea that affected me the most is when Zach shared the story of going out, setting out on this solo adventure where he biked up the coast where he didn't fully know, like it was kind of like heading out into the unknown where you just do something to do it. And there's not really a purpose for it except you know you'll discover something and you don't know what that is but like when you're setting out an adventure you're like i know i want to discover something and what he ended up discovering is something i think that people discover quite often doing something like that which is like self-confidence and um and like the understanding that no matter what obstacles are thrown his way in his work in this instance, but no matter what obstacles are thrown his way, he has the capacity to figure him out. You know, like he's like, Hey man, I'm adaptable enough. Like whatever happens happens and I'll figure it out and make it work. Um, and I think, that is the key to adventure. That's why we need to do adventures. We need to go out into the unknown sometimes. We need to take on something that we're not sure we can finish because you're going to learn these lessons and it's stuff you're not, you might not even be seeking. You might just be like, hey man, I'm gonna go bike up the coast because it sounds like a fun time, which is great. And yet on the way, you're gonna discover this stuff. Um, I heard somewhere at some point someone said self-esteem is formed by doing esteemable acts and basically the idea there kind of is you got to actually go out and start doing doing stuff doing esteemable acts for it for you to actually gain self-esteem and I'm like that makes 100% sense like if you're just sitting around that's never going to happen and I kind of think self-belief and like self-courage and, uh, you know, bravery and adaptability, like you're going to form all of these things, these really high quality traits by going out and taking on an adventure. And obviously for Zach, I mean, he came back for that adventure and formed his own company and his company is really incredibly successful. Uh, right now which you should totally check out i linked down the show notes saucy check that out um 
especially if you're in like LA and stuff, right? <laughs> um, and also I have to, <laughs> I have to say other big idea, biking in LA traffic. That is hardcore, man. That should be like its own separate sport from cycling is just cycling in LA traffic. But anyways, I digress. Uh, yeah. So anyways, that's the idea here, guys. Go out and have an adventure. Go out, take something on. I mean, dude, this is the thing I've been saying since day one um, because it's the thing in my life that really means a lot, okay? Um, I need, I, I'm the type of guy I need to have an adventure or, an, or like an endurance event on the horizon because that's what motivates me. And that's what excites me and makes me passionate and makes me like love life as much as I possibly can. So, um, so yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, once again, thank you to Zach. Follow him on Instagram. I'm telling you, his videos are super funny and cool because it'll motivate you to train. Uh, it's, I mean, I got to figure out how to say it. DeWacker which I'm probably saying wrong, but it's D-E-W-H-A-C-K-E-R. And uh, yeah, man, he's an awesome dude. Um, all right, that's it for this week. We'll get back at you next week. See you guys.